climbers, if you want to write hit songs, you need to get really good at writing commercial songs. And today I'm going to share six simple ways to make your songs more commercial. So I'm in it to help you win. Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. This podcast exists because we want you to win, and leverage is what you're going to need to make that happen. That's why we call it Climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. It's so simple. <laughs> it's, it's a Baxteronym. It's by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. I just said that with a belch in my throat. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Brent's, Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. He's got a couple number ones last year in Southern Gospel. Got the wheels turning with cuts this year, too. We'll see where that leads us. What I love about Brent is that he helps songwriters like you Learn how to be pro helps you become pro by revealing how to write like a pro do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he's going to introduce you to the pros. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets and get discovered by new fans, TV and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S. There is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Six new ways to help my songs be more commercial. That's right. Six simple ways, although simple doesn't always mean easy. Well, okay. simple. Uh, All right. I uh, I think a lot of people need to hear this information. I know I need to be reminded of it from time to time. They say, if you want to learn something, teach it. So that's another reason I do this podcast. That's to be honest. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, listen, before we get into that, let's take care of a little business here. We are proud as Peacocks to be a part of American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network, ASPN. You can find that at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast and guys there are 15 shows here it's all about songwriting it's all about music business it's all about production and all the verticals that you need to to move your stuff forward it's all right there in one spot they have a brand new feature that you can subscribe to by the way called suncast which is the link for that is americansongwriter.com forward slash suncast right brent Yes, and that's S-U-N, cast, as in Sunday, because every Sunday they send the top five podcast episodes from the American Songwriter Podcast Network right into your inbox. So Sun, as in Sunday, cast. And we're thankful that we've been in it for, you know, they deemed us one of the top five for several weeks in a row now. We're going to try and hang in there. Hang in there like a pick in a waistline. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Yeah, guys, it's absolutely free and it's just kind of a curator thing. So you can just focus on uh, on the big hitters that week. It gets overwhelming to look at 15 shows. So they're kind of curated that whole Suncast thing to make it a little bit easier to consume. For them. Right. So so good job there. Uh, join the Climb community on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash the Climb community. It is a thriving, always growing community of singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians, helping each other out, supporting each other, working with each other, creating co-writes, you know, getting different promotion ideas. It is a safe community, meaning that you can come in and uh, I can safely say that we probably got like a 99.9% no spam bs kind of thing happening in here (laughs) a couple people slip through and they get roadhouse because we protect our community with vigor and 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 attitude and and brawn and brawn (laughs) right don't come in there messing and so we you know if you got something to add to this community miss something cool that you heard about saw became aware of read you got a link you want to share it uh that's helpful to the whole community 
please do so. Post it anytime. If it's about you specifically, about you as a songwriter, about you as an artist or something like that, we want to hear about that too. We just have very specific places to put it so that it keeps it clean and everybody knows where to go to find the good stuff. That's right. The gig alert is going to be every Thursday morning typically and Wednesday we have new heights and that's where we talk about your wins and you, mm-hmm. you got, hey, this thing happened or that thing happened or this is amazing or that is amazing. We want to hear about it under new heights. Brett, what do we what do we got going on there? All right, I got a couple new ones here. So this is just a fun place where we encourage you to share your wins and we celebrate with you. So uh, not only do I love reading the wins each week, but I love the comments under it, people encouraging each other and celebrating. That's like that's why it's the climb community. So uh, this one we have is by Patrick Adams says, "Well, I have to post about some good news received today. It's another step in the wrong for the amigos. So the amigos are Brad Hacker, Chris Tiscarino, and." Patrick Adams. He says, along with some us, along with some guy named Brent Baxter, I had a song forwarded to the re-listen pile for an artist team. So that was actually, uh, was it Drink You On My Mind? Oh, really? One you're a fan of, yeah. So it's getting, getting like, ooh, we, let's listen again. We'll send that on to the team. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see I told you working. that song is, is, if it doesn't happen on this one, it's going to happen sometime. It, it, that song is going to get cut. That's just, that's just too much of a fun ambush not to cut that. Like, you know, everybody's going to think like, oh, we know what this is going to be about. You're wrong. Why? Because that was song titled Challenged That's right. by the Amigos. The three Amigos plus Brent Baxter. Mm-hmm. And so. it got all twisted up. They went a different route. And then, boom, it's gold. And it starts off with the most insane hook you've ever heard. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. So but he says, but that's not all. They also had two other songs forwarded to two different artists for another listen as well. Now, I know it's not a hold and it's not a cut, but it's one more step on the journey. I'm celebrating every milestone, no matter how small, because it's about the journey anyway for me. Hope you guys are having a great week and keep on climbing. We'll see you down the road. So that's from Patrick Adams. So that's way to go, amigos. Fun to hear. Yes. And another, uh, uh, let's see, climber here, Bill O'Hanlon. We know Bill. It says, waiting on the sync contract for a song of mine that was placed in a movie for $12,000. So nice. nice win. And also he finished his 303rd song for the uh, for the year yesterday as of this recording. So by the time you hear it, he's probably up at like around 4,000 songs. For wow. So congratulations, Bill. Congratulations, uh, Patrick. And good luck to both y'all and everyone else, man. Let us know those wins so we can celebrate. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Way to go. All right. Subscribe or follow the podcast. Sorry, I just had a major sneezing fit right now. So hold on. I don't think I have any more. Under- Subscribe or follow the podcast, where whatever platform you're on. Make sure you get all those episodes in there and tell a friend about it. You're with us for a reason. It's working for you. You're getting information. You're getting uh, whatever it is, whatever itch we're scratching, man, share that with a friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Share that with a friend. That's what we want to do. I wouldn't recommend that in your personal life or over spring break. If something's itchy, you probably should keep it to yourself. <laughs> See a doctor. <laughs> See a doctor. Maybe share it with the doctor, but no one else. But when it comes to the podcast, if it's if it's itchy, then share it. <laughs> so anyway, sorry that's that. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that you were the one that said that once again. Uh, <laughs> Nick, I'm becoming more of an angel. You're becoming a little bit more of an outlaw. I no, like I'm that. just saying it more. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, I heard that mic drop. Well, yeah, I'm just, you know how it is. <laughs> so oh. six six simple ways to make your songs more commercial that is true yes if your goals are like mine which is getting cuts getting hits that sort of thing then your best bet is by writing well-crafted commercial songs so i want to share six simple and simple doesn't always mean easy uh ways to make your songs more commercial speaking of which i wrote a song called one time called simple is hard <laughs> and, uh, uh. yeah got a cut with an indie artist Simple. It's simple, but sometimes simple is hard. Uh, so don't be <laughs> don't be scared and don't be overconfident. Either one. So we're just going to share these for you, and hopefully it'll be helpful for you on your climb. First one is write up tempo, Johnny. This kind of goes back to that that uh, coffee mug mm-hmm. incident in the parking lot behind uh, Daredevil Production. How we, right how we first met. How, no, that, that first, first conversation yeah. of ours, I remember we're sitting outside and I had this uh, one of those because I was working at Starbucks at the time. So I got a deal on one of these coffee mugs that you could do like dry erase on the on the mug. Then it fit inside the plastic sleeve so you could you know write the messages and stuff and you could see it through the plastic and you have your coffee in there. 
So I started writing these reminders to myself uh, based on study and getting my teeth kicked in on writing and, and doing this different stuff. So I was writing these, these reminders out. And, and so Johnny and I are sitting on, I think you're, you know, out in the parking lot, we're talking, getting mm-hmm. to know each other. And you're, you're staring at that coffee mug every once in a while. And finally, you just, you trying to be cool. Cause it's like, this is Brent Baxter hit song. I gotta be cool. I gotta play it cool. <laughs> we're cutting one of his songs. I want to be professional. I yeah, want to come over that now. Like, like the um, man. <laughs> we're way past that. Way past that. <laughs> you know, now you know me and you know, but you asked me about it. And, and basically what I said were these, these things. It's funny how these have not changed in the years. Cause this is back before this was like 2012, probably yeah. when we were on the Matt Klein yeah. record, it was like 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, these have not changed <laughs> in the past yeah. almost decade, which is crazy. Johnny, we're coming up on a decade as friends. Uh, anyway. Wow. Anyway, blue moon mine there. So I envy us. <laughs> That's right. So first one is write up tempo. Okay. You need to learn to write tempo. If you don't believe how important this is, count the ballads on the radio for an hour. Or, <laughs> you know, here, or go a deep dive. Do it for 24 hours. Exactly. Stay up and count the ballads. It's going to be the same number, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. Or to pull up, you know, your American Country Countdown or your Billboard Hot 100 or whatever genre your genre happens to be. I think more country. But man, it's it's really the same in any genre, I bet. Or just listen to a few of the current top albums and count the ballads. Knock knock. Who's there? Math. There's a there's oh, a Oh, I don't like math. That's truth. I know math is true. So math who? Math says they cut a lot more up tempo and mid tempo than they do ballads. Yep. The way I look at this, if you think about I have this thing I kind of nicknamed the chain of demand. What do the fans want? They're the ultimate end, right? If we take care of the fans, the fans will take care of us, whether we're a songwriter or an artist or label or what. So what do the fans want? Usually they show up to a live show. What do they want to have? They want to have a good time, right? They want to have mm-hmm. a party. They want to forget about the week that's behind them. They want to forget about the week that is coming up. They want to have a good time. And what helps them have a good time? Tempo, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so what does the artist want to do? They want they want the stand, they want the fans on their feet. Why? Because if they're on their feet, they're already up and they can just go to the they can go to the bar and uh, make the bartender happy uh, and the owner so they can get back or they can walk over there to the merch table since they're already on their feet. They want them having a good time. All right. Yep. So math says most of their show is mids and up tempos, right? Yep. I remember hearing a story about Brad Paisley or something that he was needing more tempo stuff because they work so hard to get them on their feet for a show. And then you p- play a ballad. What happens? They sit down. They sit down or they go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. And then you got to work and get them on their feet again. Yep. I remember seeing Mark Wills in concert at the Riverfront Amphitheater in Little Rock, Arkansas, back before I moved to Nashville. So this is like 2001 or something, or maybe it was like right after I moved. I think I was back home. So it was like 2002. I was home for a weekend for Riverfest or something, and I saw him. And, you know, Mark Wills, great singer, a lot of hits, but most of them are kind of ballads. He's kind of a crooner, balladeer. He's re- that's kind of his, what he is probably most known for, some of his ballads, except for 19-something. It's a song of his that was a, that was a big moment in his show but i remember him doing some covers of like eagles life in the fast lane and doing some covers to get some tempo in the show because his hits i mean he recorded tempo but his hits so far been largely ballads so even he knew like i'm taking out some of my own songs to play covers because it's energy got to get the tempo and the energy up so yeah and also what is radio play the radio plays mostly tempo because most of your singles are what you're going to play at the live show, and your singles are, in a way, a commercial for the live show. So come on out to the live show. We have a good time. We're going to prove it by releasing a single that's fun and tempo and or rocks or whatever. So, man, just do the math. Most stuff is mid or up tempo. The more that you write, the better. And it's, and it's hard to do well. I mean, we, I do these publisher events, and that's, and I interview different publishers and producers. And, like, what do you need more of? Great up tempos. Because it's mm-hmm. hard to do well. There's a song that we had um, at the Play for Publisher event that we just did, uh, John Osier, and one of these, uh, the song by a guy named Scott Miller. And he goes, man, that's a great, fun, tempo song. And he goes, and those aren't easy to write. <laughs> like, he's heard enough of them from his writers. Like, that's not easy to do. That's great to do one that's just fun and tempo and, and feels good. Like, those aren't as easy as you think. They always need more great ones. 
So if you can provide that, that's a, uh, man, that could be a win for you. Actually, I, in between podcasts, right before we hopped on this, I got, I got an email from a climber. Want to know if there's going to be a replay of this the event we have going on in Songwriting Pro. And also, I don't want to miss it. I'm at band practice because we're taking, like Johnny suggested, we're taking some of these ballads I've written and we're turning them around. Shut up, really? Yeah, yeah. Johnny, oh my God, I want to hear it. I want to hear both. Uh, I want to hear both, both versions? versions of that, Johnny Matt. Like, I want to hear the the previous version and like I I okay. I'm. Where do we put that, Brent? Like, I want him to post that in the community if he's um, willing to do it. Like, post the original song, mm -hmm. and then post like, okay, here's what we did with with the tempo, just to show people how different it is. Yeah, we have tempo Tuesdays that we hopefully post in there in the climb community every Tuesday. Uh, I got my buddy Connor uh, working on that, and so tempo Tuesday, drop your before and after. Love it. Yeah, before and after. So you can just play it live or you can drop the links or whatever you want to do so we can see the, the different versions of it, which are, is fun to see what that does. Uh, yep. and, just, and, and just the same thing. It's like, you know what? When you do a tempo version of your own ballad, you're not forsaking it, man. It's, it's, like, it's like your own remix, right? Yeah. It's like a different way to, to do it. You don't ever have to let go or you're not going to like sort of bastardize or sully the old mm -hmm. one. If that's the way it should be, then it'll be like that. But you just might surprise yourself at like, wow, this is freaking really awesome with some tempo on it. Yeah, we love this. So I, I think uh, I love, man, I'm so glad that he's doing that. Yeah. So that was awesome to see that right before we hit the red button here. So good luck, Johnny, Matt, and keep mm -hmm. on climbing. So right up tempo. So that's again, it's simple, but it may not be easy if that's not your normal, you know, the way you want to do it. That's not your normal direction that you naturally flow in. And I know it, it as a lyricist, it, it always it hadn't always been that way for me. But now I'm making an effort to go. You know, when I song title challenge, my own title is going, how can this be a tempo? How, how can this hit some of these other points that I'm going to say? And and then you get more of them. Then you have more of them to bring into co-writes. And now, man, most of what I write is mid or up tempo. Hey, I, I got something to add to that. That's a, to. a perspective I haven't thought about. Is like, you know, there's a lot of songwriters in this town who kind of came up because they initially sort of got in this camp of an mm -hmm. artist and that artist broke. Yeah. And so when that artist breaks, then they're going to, you know, they, they, they're going to want to keep some of that formula, the magic formula in there and keep, keep writing with those people. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even if, I mean, you're speaking about like from a universal perspective, but let's say that, because this is a real world example, like let's say you get hooked up with a specific artist and, you know, hopefully you're writing with a bunch of artists and you're making mm -hmm. all that happen. But one of those artists breaks and you're like in that inner circle now. And if all you're doing is writing ballads, then maybe you're going to get one song on that record. <laughs> yeah. Even but if, if you're, you're writing, if you're writing tempo person. songs, maybe you're going to get three or four songs on that record. You yeah. know what I mean? And then the show. I mean, when you're talking about like a high energy kind of a show, there's going to be some ballads in there. They're typically going to be grouped together. It's going to mm -hmm. create a moment because it's going to be so much different than the rest of the show. It's going to be up tempo. And so it's going to be this moment that you never remember. And by the way, because they create such moments, I think that's why they imprint on our souls. You yeah. know, when we see that. That, that guy's going out playing that artist, you know, that guy or girl's going out playing in front of 10,000 people each night. You're making money on that. You want to make it on four songs? You want to make it on one? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a couple things on that too. So one thing I've been trying to do and I haven't been great about doing it. It's just time, but look up on YouTube or wherever I can live concert footage. Like if I can get a complete show of an artist, like mm -hmm. an hour set, of a major artist and watch it from start to finish. Even if it's a bad angle from out in the crowd, I don't need to know their dance moves. I need to know what songs they are playing, what they're doing in between, what their, what their vibe is. Mm -hmm. So I found one for Jake Owen. So it was like an hour concert or something. It was like one ballad. Mm. And it was his current single. I think it was, um, a made we for don't you. Want what we ain't got. Oh, it I, was, uh, I don't think he played that one. I think he played made for you. And what we ain't got is a fantastic song by yeah. Travis Meadows, uh, the writer. And it was a hit for Jake, but no, I think the only one like, so he's, he's all tempo and down to the honky tonk and fun mids and up tempos and barefoot blue jean night and all this stuff going crazy and days of gold and all this energy. Then boom, they, they bring it down and he just grabs the guitar and he walks out in the crowd 
and has that moment of just him playing and singing that ballad acoustic, which uh. was a current single. And but that was like the only ballad, and so they really made it a moment. And then boom, lights back up and rocking. Wow. Okay, so hold on. This just hit me like a two-ton heavy thing. Like <laughs> heavy thing. You and your way with words. Yes. So like, if you put like one ballad on each record, and that's sort of your business model, like okay, I hear what you're saying, Johnny and Brent, uh, but. I st- man, I still got all these ballads. I'm going to get like one of those ballads on one of those records. Uh-huh. If you're writing the tempo songs, that's going to be a classic. They're going to keep coming back to that. Every single yeah. new tour, new release, that song is going to be in the repertoire or those tempo songs are going to be in the repertoire. But if you got the ballad, it might be different this, this tour than the tour yeah. before because they got a new single that's a ballad that's out. And then it, it, the other one is going to be Forsaken because – we can't put too many ballads in the show. I never yeah. even thought about it. it like it's that. the same thing on radio. You know, I was blessed that with Monday Morning Church. It is a ballad. Mm-hmm. And Alan Jackson, top five for one, even Alan Jackson couldn't push. He can't push every ballad up to number one. Okay. Yep. So first of all, there's that. We went yeah. like number four. Well, that's not getting the recurrence that like Living on Love is or the, the recurrent spins, not like the Chattahoochee or a lot of that stuff. Not because, I mean... It deeply connected with a lot of people. I'm, I'm very blessed. I, I still see some stuff online about it and how some people, it's their favorite Alan Jackson song. And that's awesome. And uh, quite, uh, I'm very thankful for that. But every quarter, I'm reminded that, you know what? That's not getting spun as much as Five O'Clock Somewhere. And, f- and those are great songs. So it's not like, oh, my song's better. But no, those are great songs and they're worthy of every spin they get. But they're going to lean more toward the, the, the tempo than the ballads for those recurrent airplay on those classic artists. And even though they've had hits of tempo and hits of ballad, it's going to get more. And same thing in the show is boy, Alan only has so much time in a show and he's got all these hits. How many ballads do you think he's going to play? That's even more limited real estate. So man, I'm thankful for that. I would, Hey, I'd take one of those every year. You know, but a tempo single, same chart position at the beginning or whatever, it probably is going to have longer legs. Yep. So there's something to think about. And there's more spot for those. So tempo, tempo, tempo. If you, if you were to get a ballad cut, it has to be like phenomenal. Phenomenal. And the up tempos just have to be like extremely great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. (laughs) All right. So point number two is right. Positive. This was also on that coffee mug up tempo positive. Mm-hmm. So if you're like me, your natural inclination might be to write something sad or negative. Uh, not that I'm a negative type person, but when I started writing, it was, it was because so-and-so didn't like me back or the unrequited, you know, if you're happy, just go be happy. If you're sad, that's what spills out on the page. Usually at the beginning, it's my catharsis. I'm my self therapy. It's whining. It's whatever. Or those ballads, that are those heartbreak ballads that you come up on that just killed you. Because like, oh my gosh, I like this girl. And Vince Gill came out with Whenever You Come Around. Or mm-hmm. these things that you're just like, oh my gosh, that's so, it just hits so deep, right? And so that's a lot of what comes out for a lot of writers at the beginning. Not always, but a lot of us. I mean, maybe just pain is more interesting <laughs> than happiness, you know. But not for radio. Radio likes a positive. They want you to... They want you to be happy because the, the listener is happy and they keep listening through to the the craft distillery commercials and the local car lot commercials. That's what radio makes money. They want you feeling good and listening. And, you know, as Ralph Murphy, he was a legend in Nashville, worked at ASCAP for years and hit songwriter. And he had, you know, Murphy's Laws. And I think I remember playing him a ballad years ago back before I'd ever had any cuts or anything, he was nice enough to give me some time over to ASCAP and I played him something. And he's like, who's going to want to hear that at seven in the morning? Excuse me. I have my own problems, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was some whiny ballad, I'm sure. And that's, like, oh, that's something to think about. You know, most of the time we love a ballad, but it's like, you can't fill the whole plate with that. It was nothing but ballad. I mean, sometimes I can, I could listen to that. You know, all day, but still, you're in the car. Most people want to hear some tempo, tap their toes, not even care about what you're saying. Just get me from point A to B with a smile on my face. Um, so, yeah, 
Pause is super important um, for artists. For again, it, you go back to the show, the chain of demand. The listener, most of the time, they want to feel good. They want to have a smile on their face. They want to have a good time at a show. And artists want to provide that. And they want to put that out on the radio. So people are more likely to come to the show and buy a ticket. And so therefore, that's most of what they're going to cut on a record because they want those spins. And so if I'm providing that, there's more of a chance to win with positive. Yeah. And, yeah. Not, and as Johnny would say, not for nothing. If you can take what those maybe negative sounding titles come to you more often, guess what? We have a fix for that. It's called Song Title Challenge. That's right. You take that son of a gun and you go, how could this be a positive? Climbers, do you have a groundbreaking song that the world needs to hear? Enter your song today in American Songwriters 2021 Song Contest to win $10,000 promotion across American Songwriter and a co-publishing deal with Live by Live. Get your songs in front of the contest judges who are also number one artists like Paul Stanley from Kiss. I love that. Vance Joy and Martina McBride, along with top A&R executives such as the senior VP of A&R at Atlantic Records and BBR Music Group. Go to americansongwriter.com forward slash song dash contest to enter. Again, that's americansongwriter.com slash song dash contest to enter. And if you use the coupon code CLIMB, all capital letters, C-L-I-M-B, you'll save 10% on your contest entry. No reason not to do it now, guys. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. How could this be a positive? I was, I was doing one yesterday for my personal song title challenge, you know, so I'm somewhere in the two thousands I'm going through and I picked the, the prettiest ugly duckling in there and song uh, title called I could do better. Okay. What could this be about? Well, I could do better than this, these worn out blue jeans. I could wear some nice stuff. You know, say, what could I do better? Well, how do we make a love thing? I could do better with how I treat you. I could do better th- loving you and treating you right. Like, yeah, that's, yeah so what i did was like i could do better than these blue jeans i could dress up nicer whatever but there's no way i could do better than you yeah uh i could i could do better at this gig i got get a bigger paycheck if i had the shot and corner office and blah 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 but there's no way i could ever do better than you yeah yeah and so you make it now it's positive now it's not like the singer it now isn't the guy that like all of us fails at times to be perfect, right? I could do better. Yeah, it's not that it's not true. I can do better at loving my wife. Who couldn't be a better person? We none of us have topped out, right? There's always yep. room for improvement. So it's not that it's not true and, and not relatable, but it's not nearly as commercial. But if I make it, yeah, you know, I could do better at these other areas, but I could never do better than you. I mean, I could never find anyone better for me than you, more wonderful than you. All of a sudden, the the singer looks humble, 
um, thankful, putting the woman on a pedestal. Like what girl doesn't want to hear that? Because first of all, she's probably going, yeah, you could dress a little nicer. <laughs> yeah, I agree uh-huh. with you on that other stuff. <laughs> uh, but for you to say, I can never do better than you. I've seen better days. Yep. Yeah. But to say, you know, I can never do better than you, girl. Wow. Okay. That's just more positive. Makes the singer look good. Makes the listener feel good. The girl he's singing to feel good. Like, how does mm-hmm. that not win? Yeah. And it lends yeah. itself more to like a, at least a mid-tempo to a positive, you know, to up-tempo kind of thing, which makes the writing up-tempo easier when it's a positive thing too. Because you're naturally going to go there. Sink. Yeah. More, more chance, chance for sync. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can still write a positive ballad, but eh, it makes more sense, right, to do up-tempo. So yep. that's writing positive. Number three, write from the me to you point of view or like first person point of view or direct address point of view. Because singing I love you is just more emotionally powerful and impactful than he loves her. You might mm-hmm. hear he loves her in a song. You're like, okay, that's an interesting story song, but it's about these other people. Maybe I can relate to it and kind of plug in emotionally here and there. But to sing here, so an artist singing I love you, Man, if you want to connect to an audience, I and you is a good way to do this. Mm-hmm. And so there's just this emotional immediacy and impactfulness that just, it, hey, if you want to pretend that Dirks Bentley is singing to you and he's singing, it's a lot easier when if he's singing I love you than if you're a female listener that, and Dirks is singing I love her, you're like, who is this blankety blank woman? Right. <laughs> who is this B? I don't like her. <laughs> I don't like her. I want him singing to me, right? If you wonder how, it just makes more sense. It's more immediate. Or now sometimes you want to change it um, if you need to, because if it makes a singer look bad to be that guy, you can mess with different points of view and that sort of thing. Or or maybe she hurt me is better than you hurt me because it has more of a positive impact on the on the listener. That, like you're not calling them out as being a loser. But in general, or in the, the case uh, in the case of Tim Nichols with "Live Like You Were Dying," it, it, it's preachy. If it's first person, yeah, like Tim McGraw had, had a cancer scare and he went skydiving. What happened? Oh my gosh, I didn't read about this in Country Weekly. Yeah. But if you make it, Tim still and also song. since he didn't have a cancer scare, it's unauthentic, right? Yeah, you know, like yeah, like it, it would be piss off the people who really got cancer. Like you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Exactly. Instead, he's just the fellow traveler who's relating this great bit of life advice that he heard from someone else. You know, right so now he, it becomes inspirational. The same people that would have been pissed off if he was preaching to them about what they should do if they should have cancer and he's never had cancer. Yeah, exactly. He's like, this is what this dude told me. And it, wow, what a life yeah, lesson. That, I that, that, it hit me like, wow, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But even yeah, yeah, on yeah. that, it went to the IU direct address in the course, even though it was a quote. I went, I went skydiving, skydiving. I went, yeah. and he said someday, Good I point. hope. Yeah. Good he, point. It was so much more impactful than he went skydiving. He went, yeah. right? he'd be like, that's weird. Why are you so fired up about that dude? But yeah. if you're quoting him, it allows you to say that. And then at the end, it's like, he said, I hope someday you get the chance to live like you were dying. So it was direct address, yeah. like to the listener, even though he's quoting it. So the media you is just um, try that. It's more emotionally impactful. It's a simple thing, but sometimes we don't think about these simple things. Just yep. <laughs> you know, pronouns. They matter, y'all. And well, that's a whole nother podcast. But anyway, one <laughs> step on that line, mine. <laughs> too late. Yeah. Too late. But you know, I I think too, that's another exercise where you could take a song maybe that you already have that you maybe particularly like that's in third person and just do a remix on it. Mess yeah. around with it. What, what happens if you put it in the first person? What changes? Well, How does it feel? Does it feel different? Well, okay, back to that. I could do better that I was song title mm-hmm. challenging. It was, I could, I could, but there's no way I could do better than you, right? That was, I've trained myself enough. That's the default is I'm singing to the girl because it's a positive love song. That very easily, some people might have been like, but there's no way I could do better than her, right? Yeah. It, it makes sense. Which it seems still, subtle. Subtle, but it, I, it, it, it's going to hit a little different. But it's, big, it's still yeah. positive. It's still love. It's still lifting up the woman and making the singer look good. But now, who are you talking to? You're not talking to your love. You're talking about your love, and you're talking to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's there's a it's a little more emotionally removed than yep. confessing your love for this girl. Now, you're a little less likely to dedicate that song to your loved one or to play and go. I thought of you. If it's, I can never do better than her versus 
there's no way I could do better than you. That you may learn to play it and sing it for, or do the, was it say anything or whatever, where you're holding up the jukebox and you're playing it for. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's, what, it's what she wants to hear and it's what you want to say. And you can have that moment with direct address. So, yeah. All right. So again, simple. Think about them, make a little checklist, write it on your own coffee mug. Next thing. And we've been all over this, but we just haven't pointed out right about love. So write up tempo, write positive, write from me to you, write it about love. Cause it, it's the most universal thing, right? It's, it's often our greatest joy. It's our sharpest pain. Nothing really is more universal than wanting to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. Right. That is just a, that is a felt human need universal. And so that's why so many songs are about love. Cause that, you know, ultimately we want to impact people's emotions and what's more emotional than that universally. Right. That is one of the, and this maybe sounds like, I don't know, we're bastardizing creativity or something or commercializing creativity, but well, that's exactly what this podcast episode is about. But um, <laughs> the, the, you know, in advertising, you learn that there's three main verticals period that all commercials of all products that they're based on it's health mm-hmm. wealth or love one mm-hmm. two three health wealth love so i've heard it put that, a much more crass way what's that get paid <laughs> get laid don't die <laughs> well there you go get paid <laughs> get laid don't, don't die. die i mean right. you know what like so the 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 the, the commercial version the commercial of a Gillette razor is it's love. It's, it's like, it's like, it's a love song. That commercial is a visual version of a love song. Cause you got this super handsome man with a mm. massive chin, just jutting out and he's in there and his chest is all ripped. And he's like in his, you know, tidy white, he's like shaving his face. And then when he's done, it always happens. Some hottie comes walking in just, Runs her hands across his smooth face, and he's like, "All right, you know, I am loved. Why? Because I have Gillette razors. Like it's that, it's Mm -hmm. that universal. When you start looking for that on commercials that you try to skip past, and you look, you're amazing at the crap that they that (laughs) that they revert back to love. Folgers coffee. (laughs) You know, he always has a second cup of coffee. He never has a second cup of coffee at my house. Like at home, why is he having a second cup of coffee now? Like, oh, this is good coffee. It's better than hers. She won't be loved unless she gets the right coffee. You know, I mean, it's it's that. It's so ridiculous, but it's like, it wins. It works. Like, that's what we want to hear about. That's what we connect to. Well, it goes back to universal human needs. Yep. You know, of which love is, that's one of the biggies. Yep. So, and, and partly because here in the Western world, we are so blessed that think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, food, shelter, up toward the top of it, you've got those basic needs covered. Then you can start thinking more about love and acceptance and self-realization and that kind of stuff. It's like, we don't have to worry so much about food and shelter these days mm-hmm. in general, in the Western world, historically. Yeah. So we can focus on this other stuff. <laughs> we have yep. time to think about it. Which makes me think of how how well off we are as a country that we're everyone's getting offended by these minor things. Like, wow, we we're doing pretty well. We don't have bigger things to worry about. So yeah. anyway, won't get into that. So right they, about go on, they, they go on their thousand dollar iPhone to, to to bitch about capitalism and and the, and the <laughs> exactly. disgust of Western society, and you're like, oh, all right, you don't see the irony there. <laughs> yeah, you know, about a hundred years ago, they wouldn't have noticed that Facebook went out for a day. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. get good reception on the plow anyway. <laughs> Anyway, behind the plow, I should say. Anyway, so right about love. All right, it's it's simple, and sometimes these things that we feel like you may turn on the songs of radio and go, oh, "Well, that that's just so lame, or that's so trite, or that's so paint by numbers." And if one thing, it's not as paint by numbers probably as you think. It's probably it's really hard to do those things in an exceptional way. But like, I want to write about other things, and I've been tempted sometimes to. And I love a good story song or, or just write about other things that interest me. And you need to do that some to feed yourself as an artist and a creative for sure. But they may not be as generally as commercial as these big universal things to go like, all right, if you find yourself not writing about that very much about love, give it a shot. I mean, you probably do. Most people do. But that's just one of those things that just don't take it for granted. Yep. Write about love or the lack thereof. Right. It's 
Still, mm-hmm. it's all in that ballpark, but still positive love though. Boy, that's that's good if we can do that. All right, number five. So we got right up tempo, right positive, right from the me to you point of view, right about love. Number five, right in the moment. So the present tense, like right now, has more power than the past or the future in general in songs. Like you're killing me in that sundress usually beats you were killing me in that sundress. Or even to do another step about me to you point of view, she was killing me in that sundress, all right? There's power mm. in the present. You're, you are, you're killing me in that sundress, girl, is maybe kind of trite and cliche, but it's still more impactful than you were killing me in that sundress. Because it's right now, mm-hmm. it's in the moment. So you look at songs like, um, say the house that built me. So it's an old song by this point, but the the point is valid of, it wasn't just that three act play of like, Hey, I was eight years old and I put my hands in the cement on the front steps. And that was a house that built me. And, and then I was 16. I got caught sneaking out. I got grounded, but that's where I learned to you know play guitar and I did my homework. And that's the house that built me, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like in the moment she said, sir, I know you don't know me from Adam. Those handprints on the front steps are mine. Like it's an in the moment story. And they're pointing out things from the past, but it's framed mm-hmm. as an in the moment. Like I'm talking to you right now. Or that Jason Aldean song, um, Tattoos on This Town, is a good example of writing in the moment in a song that could have been a three-act play going, hey, I was I was a, I was a punk 14-year-old and spray-painted on the overpass or whatever, and well, we left Tattoos on This Town, and then we're 17, dragging Maine and, and burning rubber and leaving skid marks and putting tattoos on this town. No, they don't do that, all those like past Tory past story blah 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 it's all present like man right over there we left that and right over there we did that and right over there we did that like he's talking to us right now in the moment Mm -hmm. so there's this error air of like presentness about it not just telling all the story let me tell you something that happened 20 years ago it just feels more like he's walking around giving us a tour of the his hometown right now like there's a difference it's from a nostalgic point of view as opposed to I'm taking you back if, to that. I, time it almost now, feels, I guess what I'm trying to say, it feels more st- nostalgic, right? In a way, I just, at least right now, he's telling me the story in the moment and he's not, uh, it's all framed in a present conversation than like this big in depth. It's almost like snapshots of these little things versus like I'm telling you this whole story. Mm-hmm. It's just a different kind of framing it. So the more you can frame a lot of this stuff in the present. So instead of maybe, you know, she left me, oh, that hurts. Sorry. I bet you could ring out even more emotion if you're leaving me. Yeah. And how much more is, you know, what can you dive into there in the moment and paint that picture? I think, I think of Bon Jovi. uh, I'll be there for you. I guess this time you're really leaving. I heard your suitcase say goodbye. Yeah. It wasn't like, well, (laughs) you've been gone a month now, but I would want you to know I'll still be there for you. (laughs) It's just not as, immediate literally Mm -hmm. because it's more past tense i mean there's a place for those songs but there's i mean turn on the radio turn on the radio whatever genre you're in i bet you don't hear a lot of songs that happened in the past stuff is right now whether it's right now in the club i'm dancing right now i'm getting with you right now i'm missing you right now i'm leaving right now i know the way you breathe so i can tell you're not asleep right now right now (laughs) not I knew you weren't really sleeping last night. Yeah. You know, you're probably thinking about that fight we had. Let's talk about it this morning. No, it's in your yeah. head right then. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, and it helps clear a little bit of the logistical time clutter. <laughs> just make it right now. You don't have to worry about say, and then five years later, yeah. <laughs> I got a job and I'm working and let me get all the way back around. It kind of can clean up some of the logistics a little bit. That's right. And give you some more space for furniture in that line. Yeah, I mean, we did a um, So Let's Fight. Okay, so that's the song Johnny was referencing, a um, song I wrote with Craig Campbell, you may know the artist, and Matt Klein, my brother-in-law, and uh, who's also a good writer as well. He's more than just my brother-in-law. But anyway, so let's fight. And the thing of it is, the, the whole turn of it is, let's fight together for our love. Let's fight for our love together, not let's fight each other, right? So it could have been one of those three-act plays. Like, here's a story from our relationship, and you said, let's fight. Something happened. We had some some challenge in our relationship. Then you said, let's fight. Say what we need to say tonight. Refuse to walk away. We can't 
keep going on like nothing's wrong. We're on the same side. So baby, let's fight. Mm-hmm. It could have been a quote. Then we had kids and things were stressful and it, we were drifting apart. And then I looked at you and said well, the same thing you said to me. Let's fight. Da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Relatable. It's uh, a lot of people go through that and it makes all that stuff still the same message. But instead we dove into the moment, into the mm-hmm. moment, which allows you the time and space to really try and wring out the emotion. So instead of we were just getting to know each other, blah, blah, blah. Now it's yeah, girl, I know the way you breathe. So I can tell you not asleep right now. There ain't no sense in this. You've closed your heart just like a, a fist and shut me out. You know, if we're going to get past what we're going through, there's only one thing to do. Let's fight. So you're yeah. in that moment. And that triggers the, it triggers the memory better for some reason. Like I remember the first yeah. time I heard that song, cause we got one of Kelly and I got one of our artists to cut it and smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he, and just the first line too, same thing. His head just goes down. We are out. We're drunk. We're drunk. <laughs> like, okay, now we're going to play you this song, dude, that you got to cut. And he's like, all right, let's hear it. And, and it's that first line comes out a girl. I know the way you breathe. So I can tell you're not asleep right now. He just went, Oh, Oh God, you know, like, <laughs> and I, this is the first time I hear it too. Like I went immediately to the last time I felt that, right. The room, the girl, mm-hmm. the everything. It, the picture was right there in those first two lines because I think it's triggered more when it's, it's, it's recounted in the moment because that's how we think. Yeah. Kind of, you yeah. know what I mean? It, it puts you there. Hopefully that's the, 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 the intention. And uh, a nice little benefit of that is we never said what the conflict was or what they fought yeah. about. You know, the fact yeah. that you want to use your mom's dishes and I don't like your mom or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. what, it doesn't matter. That allows the listener to put their conflict in it and, and relate to it more because now it's, it was, it's, it, you sort of let that part of the canvas white. Exactly. So, so you Blank. can fill in whatever it was, uh, whatever yeah. it is next time you hear the song, what, whatever it is. Cause that's not the, What's important is we're there's some sort of conflict going on. We need to fight together for our love. That's the important thing. It didn't matter what they fought about. It could be a thousand yeah. different things. So yeah. diving into the moment, into the present. <laughs> it could have been it could have been said, You look nice in those jeans today. And she's like, What? I didn't look nice in the in, in yeah. the jeans I wore yesterday? Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't really want to hear that in a song, to be honest. Or, or I don't want to be you know, it's like we just we didn't have to go there so you can plug in but we didn't leave it out it's not a vague song it's super specific with that imagery like we know what's happening and you can just plug in your own your own stuff mm-hmm. you know the, you can plug in your own before <laughs> prequel you know what's interesting on that there's just uh, this we're getting a little off track here but uh, when when that triggered that memory for me if you put a gun in my head i could, i don't remember what the hell we were fighting about <laughs> i just remember the feeling yeah of knowing I know she's not asleep. She, her eyes are rolling around in her head and her the wheels are turning. My mm. wheels are turning and nobody's saying anything. Mm. And it's just that whole moment that was like in the first two lines, it was like, boom. And now it really is. It's the feeling, it's yeah. the emotion about that. We remember, I can't remember the details. Yeah. So the details aren't even important. The emotion is what's important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I never thought about it like that. (laughs) That's true. I mean, it's like, you know, people may not remember what you said, but they'll remember the way you made them feel that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which ironically, the way to unlock a lot of that in a song is with point number six, which is right with imagery, right with detail to get to the emotional truth, to help them feel that. So, so it was really nice. You're talking about that first line of, of let's fight because it's the imagery. Boom. Took you, took the artist right to that place. Yep. Right there. Yeah. With imagery. Now, if we just said, girl, we're, you know, there's a conflict or we're, we're not getting along. Okay. Intellectually, yeah. you don't understand that. Right. You're like, well, I'm Johnny. I have life experience. I understand what that means to be in conflict with somebody. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not feeling it. I'm not <laughs> feeling it, dude. But that yep. image, you drop that in and it made you feel it, it made the artist feel it. And like, yep. oh, that's the power of imagery. So it's it's the it's picking and choosing your details. So we were very specific in that song about even you close your heart like a fist and shut me out. Even that's a metaphorical image, but you you can still hopefully see that and you get the sense of like anger, um, 
shutting me, shutting someone out of fist speaks of conflict and stuff, even though it's a metaphorical image, not a literal one. Like the, I can tell, yeah, I know the way you breathe is a, a literal concrete image. It's a sound. It's, you know, you just, you see them in, you know, in bed that way. Mm-hmm. So we didn't dive into all the before, but we're definitely had a lot of imagery yeah. in that song. And same thing with Monday morning church, uh, same thing with everything I've had cut partly because I write that way on purpose, but also I think that's what helps get those songs cut. I had a Randy Travis cut a song called every head bowed. It was on his around the bend record. And it's a, from the point of view of an eight year old boy in church. It's, it's just mid tempo. It's funny. It just leaves you with a smile on your face. It's like a little slice of nostalgia uh, stuff. And imagery all over it. I wrote it with Brandon Kinney, who's had a ton of hits. There's a line in there where after church, they go to KFC, because this is like my hometown. You know, like it's a good day if after church you get to go to the KFC and you, you got out of church faster than the Catholics. So you try to beat the Catholics there, you know? And uh, <laughs> so we put that to the, in there. To the KFC drive through line? <laughs> oh, no. Like we're going in. It's nice. But it's like, oh, yeah, okay. it's like uh, <laughs> this is fancy. We're, we're dressed up. We're going to go ahead and sit down. <laughs> oh, it says uh, hit the door as the service closed, hop in the car, burn up the road to the KFC because we're going to beat the Catholics there. You know, because uh, that would be a funny thing. Sometimes our church was like right across the street from the Methodist church down across Main Street. And so you'd get out and maybe they're still there. We're like, we beat them out. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, just little dumb little things, whatever. So that's where that came from. Just taking life experience. Go, we're going to beat the and Catholics just saying better than Methodist. We're going to beat the Catholics there. You know, there's a line that says, uh, amazing grace, put that spork back down. Like basically put the food down, while, you know, put your spork down while we're praying. And we said spork. And when was the last time you heard spork in a song? Right? It was an image that's so KFC, that's so, you know, brings an authenticity. Like you just Uh know, well, they've been to KFC. Uh, You don't even question it. It just makes that moment more real. And also one of the fun things about that is, now Brandon, he wasn't sure if like people would get what spork is. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm like, well, you already said it's KFC. We're talking about chicken and mashed potatoes in there. It's like, they know what a spork is. Come on, people know. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know. And so we went around the publishing office and like asked people. <laughs> we did like a an impromptu survey. Do you know what a spork is? Yes, one of those little spoon fork things. Thank you. You know, got enough of those that. He said we, yes. That we put spork in there. They had the same conversation then, over at the label, apparently. Then he cut it, yeah. And so, <laughs> when, he, and so when Randy cut it, he changed it to fork, which uh, I still love you, Randy. I still love you. I was a little disappointed in you there because they were worried that people wouldn't understand. Now I was talking to, I think Rebecca or maybe Chris Lace or someone over at the label later over at Warner brothers. And they were like, Oh, I can't believe you took that out. That was my favorite line in the song. Like the spork yeah. song, like people yeah, kind of knew it as the spork song, song. because <laughs> there was a power just, and it was just in the second course. So it was only said one time in the whole song. But it hit people real enough and and different enough, and it fit the tone of the song because it's tongue in cheek song. It's funny and it's just for laughs and entertainment and nostalgia. That yeah, they kind of called the spork song. <laughs> and and then a couple years later, I was at a um, I was out at a scoreboard over on Music Valley Drive, and Randy was there because after the premiere of this movie he did with James Dupree. James and I are budding writers and stuff. So we went out there and uh, some of Randy's band is there and stuff. And so I'm talking to this guy and, and s- somehow it comes up, you know, about every head bowed. He's like, Oh my gosh, it's so great. You should see people's look on people's faces when we play that in a church. <laughs> he's like, it's priceless. <laughs> he's like, Come here. Hey, I want you to meet my wife. And, and he's like, uh, this is, this is Brent. You know, he wrote every head bowed and she has this look like, hmm. he's like every it's Randy's. He said, hmm. he's like, it's the Twinkie song. She's like, oh my gosh, the, I love that song. There's a line in the first verse about he's hungry, his stomach's growling in church, you know, this little kid at church, but I was saved by a month old Twinkie in my corduroy coat whenever he had battery yeah. eye clothes. Mentioned one time, and she knew it as a Twinkie song. And she had no idea what he was talking about. She said, this is the, tw- the song with the Twinkie. Oh, so That's these so images can be these little hooks in your song that people will remember. Um, and of course, we remember, you know, we all want to see the video in our head. I love it when a song makes me show me the video. Like, yeah. don't make me do homework to plug in my own details. 
give me your, even if your details are different, that's fine. I think of the good stuff by Kenny Chesney written by Craig Wiseman. And I can't remember who else, but he said, you know, the good stuff in the beer, the whiskey or whatever it's, is dropping the ring in the spaghetti plate because your hands are shaking so much. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, he's getting engaged and he, you know, he's scared, but he didn't say being nervous when you get engaged. It's no, it's like, it's dropping the ring in the spaghetti plate because your hands are shaking so much. It like gives so much of his mental state, the situation, all that just from a line of image. You don't have to say I'm nervous or you being so nervous. You know, asking her to marry you, you just show shaking hands. Show me, show me. What does nervous look like? Show me, don't tell me. Yeah. And you you get all of it. It's like, it's a spaghetti plate. He took her to an Italian place, a romantic place, right? Take her to the (laughs) nicest romantic place I can. That's why it's spaghetti plate. Probably wasn't Fazoli's. He took her there and you just get, I get like the whole thing. Like he's, I see him dressed up and he's Italian place, the romantic place. And he's pulling out the ring and he's so, you know, hands are shaking so much because he's so frazzled. He's so scared. And then he drops it (laughs) in the spaghetti. I get all that. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. It's like, wow. And that's not how I proposed to my wife. Yep. But it doesn't matter. I get it emotional. Like, yeah, I remember where we were and how scared I was. I thought I was going to give it away because she was going to hear my heart pounding. Yeah. (laughs) You know? You're trying to play cool as a cucumber and you can't. Like, you're like, oh, my God. Banging away. That's the power of imagery. It's not just like, oh, it's being nervous, when, but asking her to marry you. Yeah. Yeah. But man, you even taking me to somebody else's moment takes me to my moment. Um, yeah. So don't tell me how you feel. Show me. I mean, there are only so yep. many, many emotions anyway, right? So many. I mean, most songs are like, got the girl, lost the girl, want the girl back, don't want the girl back. It's mostly the same stuff. How do you make that stand out and be different? But the images that you use, how many different ways are they saying, just back to the good stuff of saying, getting engaged? Well, most of the time we think little box, ring, down on one knee, mm-hmm. which is better than just saying it's getting engaged because even if you do the cliche thing, that is cliche because it's mostly true, right? Mm-hmm. They even went a level above that and painted a super specific picture that gave away the, the mental state, the emotional state without saying it because they just showed it mm-hmm. i mean why do i remember that line yeah because it's the lines the imagery it's a picture in my head i'm not just words i'm remembering i'm remembering a picture yeah so yeah so this one's going long a lot of stuff specificity here. Specificity. specificity right uh so th- i mean there are obviously many hits that weren't written like checking all six of these boxes but from both my experience and observations writing songs with these six qualities as your default setting is going to increase the commercial appeal of your song just in general mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's a magic button like oh check all six boxes here's your cut sir no it still needs that magic still needs to be awesome but if you write up tempo write positive write from me to you write about love write in the moment and write with imagery your songs will be taking steps in the right direction that overall give your song a competitive advantage that more fits what they're looking for. And I want you yeah. to win. So I want you to know this. Put it on your own coffee cup, right? Put it on a t-shirt. Slap it on a bumper sticker. Something. Get it in front of you. Write it down and put it in your writing notebook. So when you're going through, maybe it's the rewrite. You go, huh, okay, I wrote as about. Now can I up the tempo? Oh, I wrote that me singing about her. Can I make it to you? Can I do that? Can I change it to... Where can I plug in some imagery? Mm-hmm. So whether it's play better, with those it, play with those puzzle pieces, exactly, mix and match, baby. If you can do all six, then great, you're in the ballpark. It's not yeah. be right for every song, but it's something to have that you where you make that decision every song on purpose. Yeah. You do it intentionally, and then you make your choices as a creative, as a as a writer, and then you live with it. Oh, it may make your song more or less commercial, but at least you're doing it on purpose. You're not on yep. autopilot because riding on auto- autopilot is not going to take you to new heights. It is a craft. It be a it, craftsman. It is a craft for sure. And hey, you know what? If you want to dive more deeply into this, come on over to songwritingpro.com slash gift. Right now, the gift is a free ebook that details these six things and also has a lot more info that I picked up along my years in the music business. So that's songwritingpro.com slash gift. Free ebook right now. It may change in the future to something else, but whatever it is, uh, is going to be a good 
a little freebie for you. Just tell me where to send it. I send it to you. It's my gift to you. And it's going to help you on your journey. So I just encourage you to, to go there and, and see what we got for you. There you go, guys. So that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast or follow it, depending on what platform you're on. Mm -hmm. Join the Climb community. We want to see you in there. want to hear all about your wins. want to hear about your gigs, the whole thing. And tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.